hour number two of the road radio program. Puck and Gas live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Curtis coming up. Uh, our guy Curtis Cramtree, 1120. We'll talk a little uh, Earl Thomas news as he made his big statement yesterday that now everyone's freaking out about. And apparently if you're on the air, you've got to be mad and scream and yell. and kick Who, your said, face who said that? Who said we had to everybody mad. is mad. People always side. Everyone's got to be mad. Here's a big brush. I shouldn't probably use it, but a lot of fans tend to side with ownership in these things because it's easy to say, hey, the player's making X amount. They ought to come to work. If I did this, I'd be fired. It's something the NFL has used to its advantage over the years for whatever public opinion is worth in these kind of negotiations. What uh, what did I see the poll? There was a poll question up here. Shockey did it. I think, yeah, the majority of people, they did a poll question. I think the majority of the folks have sided with the with the owner, yeah. with, with Paul Allen and the team. That, that, that's how it's going to be. Usually, yeah. in years and years of me doing this kind of yeah. thing, I can't, I can't remember a majority of fans ever siding with a player in this scenario. And it's... Um, you know, it's it's interesting thing to speculate as to why that is. It's interesting to speculate about how the NFL still has itself in a box where more than any other sport they seem to have these kind of holdouts. Oh, actually, actually, I got this one wrong. Is that right? Uh, softy early morning poll. I think this was ye- it was either yesterday or today. I think it was yesterday. Are you disappointed in Earl Thomas? Fifty seven percent no. Pay wow. him or pay him or trade him. Forty three percent say yes. He's under contract. Five thousand votes there for something. That's so. it. So disappointed is one word. You, you know whose side are you on? And, and fifty-seven percent say no, pay him. Yeah, pay him or trade him. But that's the thing. That's kind of, I don't know. I, I want to know of the fifty-seven percent. You know what would well? Do you want to pay him or trade him? Right. Like, what do you want to do? Like, gotta, I, like pick one. I mean, maybe you're not upset, but do you want to pay the guy or do you want to trade him? I just what what irritates me, and I, I mean, who knows? You know, the Hawks are close to the vest on this, and they don't have to divulge any of this information. But I, I, you know, I sense that some of this is there's nervousness over his age. Yeah. Some of it is there's nervousness over the cap, right? Because well, his cap, yeah, I don't think they want to pay. Yeah, I mean, they've got the. I think they Curtis will knows they've got the money to pay him. I just yeah. think that they're nervous because one, this is, will be his third deal. They're nervous because they just went through this with Cam Chancellor and they mm-hmm. paid him. And look what happened. He's getting up in age. One one thing that they've they have done now here recently is they're getting rid of guys who are older making a ton of money. Right. And, and if they that just was... don't really want to give him another contract in which they've got to pay him, you know, this like elite money like Eric Berry and then find out in a year from now or this season or like they did with Chancellor, then he's hurt and he's got some career ending injury and then they've got to pay him all this money. And 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 it stays as a cap number, yeah. right? Which is my point on this, as you well know, and I, I don't know if you agree. The, the salary cap is such an antiquated thing to still have in this game. When teams yeah. are being sold for $2.2 billion, the idea that they have to artificially constrict wages. And I know the easy thing is, oh, wait a minute, he's making $10 million. Yeah. I get it. But in the free market, which is what we're talking about here, you know, and, and he's a specialist, you, you, you get different people who do different things get different wages, and pro athletes are paid outsized of what probably, you know, in the big scheme of things, but that's what the market bears, you know, and, and in the other parts of the entertainment business, they don't have anything constricting Well, wages. but it, it, it's unfortunate that this is what it is, so you have to deal with it. You have to deal with what I get, it, right? You, you just got to deal with it. I, mean, this is, I, I this want is him to rules. change it. That doesn't matter what that's I want. That's never going to get changed. Yeah, right. That's the thing that stinks. It's I don't think the owners are ever going to say, no. hey, you know what we ought to do? No. Let's scrap this system. No. They never, should. That should be the right yeah. thing to do, but they're not. You're right. They'll never change it, so this is what you're, you're, you know, you're left with. I mean, this is the other thing, too. Like, you fast forward a year from now when they start negotiating with the quarterback. I mean, at some point, you can't pay guys a third of the, the team's salary cap. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. 
And that's what they're going to be forced to do with Russell Wilson. They'll have to make a tough decision. Now, they'll probably end up paying him because you have to have a quarterback. But, God, I mean, does anyone deserve to be $33 million of your cap? Right. And, and, God. and that, that's where I get back to him. There's 50 odd players on the football team. Not one right. guy's going to win you the thing. And I'm screaming into the wind here, but that's why the cap drives me nuts. It's one of the things I hate the most about the NFL. And it's because teams are forced to make decisions that are not based in football thinking, they're based on some kind of artificial budget that is needless. Yeah, I just, I just, I laugh at just how people get so upset about it. I mean, I think he should be there because he is on a contract and I'm surprised that he's not there because mm-hmm. I'm surprised that he's willing to give up money. If a guy that, that values money so much, he's willing to leave. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things for him is $84,000 a lot of money. Well, I mean, I guess maybe not when you're making almost $9 million, but I mean, it's still 84000 Right. And these guys love money. So I'm a little surprised that he's doing this because he's willing to, he's willing to forfeit that money. But right now he hasn't cost him a game. It, right now, doing this hasn't cost him a right. game. If he holds right. out like Chancellor did, then yeah, then I think people have got a right to be upset. Then, then the, it's a different thing when it gets to that, and maybe costing just, a team a win. You know, if if it's true that they haven't talked, and you know, there could be a million reasons for that, but that kind of frustrates you as a fan too. It's like, what do you mean? What are, what's more important right now for Earl Thomas than his contract, and what's more important for the Seahawks than getting this guy figured out? How is it possible they haven't talked? I don't know, other than to say I think his stock answer would be if like John Schneider, he's under contract. So what, what do we have to talk to him about anything? He yeah. has one more year left on his deal. Now, now are they willing? Now, and I will be, this will be intriguing for me as, as training camp rolls around. Is he willing to hold out a training camp? Right. Because then the fines increase even more. Is he willing to miss games? I, just, I do not think he's willing to miss games. That's the big one right no there. No way. That's right. the big, and we're going to talk to a guy, and not everybody's different, but Walter Jones used to miss training sure. camp almost for the fun of it. And, and I think it ruined his career. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about yeah. Walter is yeah. that the, the, the times that he missed minicamp yeah. and training camp, yeah. it it clearly <laughs> derailed his career. He had such a promising career. Because he was, never was the same after yeah. not being able to go to Cheney all those years. Right. Uh, the Major Golf Challenge is back, U.S. Open Edition. 950 KJR brings you the Major Golf Challenge, U.S. Open Edition, powered by Gamble Sands, Semiamu, and the Boeing Classic. Now through June 13th, prior to the U.S. Open, log on to Sports Radio kjr.com and select a golfer in each of the groups until you have predicted the top performer of all nine groupings in the tournament. Here's how you win. All entries are going to be scored as a total score to par by adding each entrance selected golfer uh, to derive a cumulative score for the tournament. The one entrant with the lowest number of strokes will be declared the grand prize winner and win a round of golf uh, at Gamble Sand. So here's the first place. Just go log on. I'm gonna. I made that too complicated. Log on to sportsradiokjr.com. Right. Go to the Major Golf Challenge. You're gonna see a drop down menu where you can select golfers. Go select golfers. You have all of those guys. All their scores are gonna be. We're gonna collect them all. The person who's got the lowest score to par, you're going to win the first uh, place prize. What's the first place prize? It's two rounds of golf for two people. Stay and play at Gamble Sands. One night stay at Gamble Sands. So. You're going to arrive in Brewster, Washington, Gamble Sands. You're going to play golf on a Friday. You're going to stay the night. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, you're going to play another round of golf mm-hmm. for two of you. So you're going to get two rounds of golf for two people, Friday and, or whatever days you go, uh, for two days, and one night stay at Gamble Sands. Second place is the same deal. Stay and play at Simiamu Golf Resort. Uh, two rounds of golf for two people and one night stay at the Simiamu Resort. U.S. Open uh, begins this Thursday, Shinnecock Hill.
I have been able to get entered while you were talking. Okay. That's how easy it is, ladies hey. and gentlemen. And Puck forgot, on your Friday round at Gamble Sands, Kevin Calabro is on the bag. He'll carry both of your bags he's, and give you advice on how exactly to hit the pin on that course. Not only is going to carry your bags, he's the starter, and I'm told... In my yes, I'm told in my ear yeah. will buy you a round of drinks yeah. at the bar at Gamble. He's on the bag and in the bag. And in fact, he's yeah, yeah. Hearing again, yes, he will take you back to Chelan on his private boat. Nice, and you'll be able to do uh, to be able to water ski the shores and the water of Lake Chelan. A Boeing Classic for the dates and information. Visit BoeingClassic.com. Gamble Sands, Gamble Sands and Brewster, a true celebration of golf. The inn is now available for reservations. You'd like to stay there? GambleSands.com. And then Simiamu, a truly unforgettable giveaway. Visit Simiamu.com for more information. Curtis Crabtree, our 950KJR reporter, will join us next. We'll talk about Earl Thomas and the decision this week not to participate in minicamp. What does that mean for the team? What does it mean for Earl Thomas? Tuck it in the gas man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Hi, welcome back to the radio show. Puck and Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. It's a moron Monday. Why are you upset at Professional Athlete Monday as well? All right, joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, our reporter, 950 KJR, Curtis Crabtree, covers the Seahawks, cover the Mariners. Curtis, good, uh, good morning. I almost said good afternoon, but we're not in the afternoon yet, so it still is good morning. What's going on? Uh, well, you tell us about about Earl. Did, how much were how surprised were you when you saw the the tweet yesterday from Earl Thomas saying that he will not participate in minicamp? Uh, I was surprised because I think, like we talked about probably last week, I figured he would show up, have a oh sore hamstring or something, and just kind of sit on the side and then not worry about losing the eighty four thousand dollars it'll cost him to sit out the mini camp and then go back to Texas and then probably if he was committed to it you know miss miss the start of training camp and hold out then. But um obviously it speaks to how committed he currently is to the idea of that he needs to play next season with the new contract. And he said as much back at the Pro Bowl in January, so I mean I can't we can't act like he didn't kind of um give us a glimpse into what his thought process was. Um, but still probably a little bit surprised that he's taken this uh, particular uh, track at this point in time. What do you think, and, and this is a million-dollar question, everybody's trying to figure this out, what is the most likely development out of this? Is there, you know, are they, I mean, it doesn't, I, I can't imagine his trade value has increased, especially with this news, uh, and they didn't want to trade him around the draft because they said they couldn't get enough for him. Uh, it, it will Will this work to his favor or will the Hawks stand firm what, what's your guess as to what's going to happen I, I honestly don't know because um, I think we're in a slightly different situation with the Seahawks than we've been in the past you know in the past they've been trying to keep a core together that was going to get them back to where they'd been with a couple Super Bowl appearances and one championship and it's pretty clear that they're not so focused on keeping those guys together anymore given the moves that they've made this offseason and so forth uh, I know John Schneider has said this summer that with um, Earl Thomas being in, you know, this would be his third contract. It's not; he doesn't view it as the same situation as you know guys that have been there beforehand. And obviously, they got a little bit burned by the Cam Chancellor contract just a year ago. So I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the 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 plan of action will be here for Earl. Uh, 
Like, I, I don't think just giving him a raise or something for this season would placate him either because I think he wants the security of a, a deal beyond just this season. So exactly what the what the plan is, uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, they could certainly force him to play out this season, use the franchise tag on him moving forward for at least one season as well, which isn't at a prohibitive rate for safeties compared to what the market has gotten to with contracts for Chancellor and Eric Berry and so forth. It would be right about that mix, but then you're looking to bring back a, a guy who potentially was sitting out you know, up to half the season with you this year and then franchising him to force him to stick around next year. I don't know how it plays out. So um, we'll have to see. I, I don't have a feel for it at this point in time. What does he stand to lose, Curtis, if he misses uh, all, all of the days of minicamp? Well, all the days of minicamp, it was just a tick over $84,000. It'd be 14000 or so for day one, 28 for day two, and 42 for day three. Um, so that would be that. Fast-forwarding to training camp, and you'll probably remember some of this from the Marshawn Lynch uh, situation when he was sitting out training camp, and same with Cam Chancellor over the last few years. Uh, he would be fined $40,000 a day for each day of training camp he misses. If that holdout was to extend beyond the first six days of camp, then they could also take up to uh, up to 25% of his signing bonus, depending on how long he sits out between 15 and 25% of that, which would be a pretty good chunk of change as well. So, um, and then if it was to continue into the regular season like Cam Chancellors did, uh, they can you know dock him every game check he would have throughout the year, which would be one seventeenth of his 8.5 million dollar salary. So it could get pretty expensive for him depending on how long he wants to to push this, but I certainly understand from his standpoint wanting to have more security with his situation given the fact that he just watched Cam Chancellor uh, you know, potentially have his career come to an end because of an injury he sustained last year. He had Richard Sherman have a, a significant injury last year and then have his contract that he had remaining wiped out from underneath him going and, and told to, to hit free agency. So uh, I understand that completely why Earl, Earl Thomas wants a new contract and feels he deserves one right now. Curtis, didn't I see somewhere, or maybe I'm crazy, that uh, particularly with the mini-camp fines, that that's a team-optional thing, that they can also elect not to fine him, or is that in stone? He definitely gets fined if he doesn't come in. Well, uh, it's all of the fines are team discretion. Right. Outside of once you get to the regular season, you start not playing in games, and you're not going to get your game check. That's something they will not do. But right, all the right. fines, all the training camp fines, the day-to-day fines, all that, it's ultimately team discretion whether they want to collect them or not. So, yeah, they don't have to collect the fines, but they are certainly entitled to do so up to the given amounts that, that we kind of talked about. Right. And we get, I mean, and that's not one thing that they broadcast. So it's not like you're going to know immediately if they find them or not. I guess that's going to have to leak out. Or are they required at some point through like their collective bargaining agreement to inform the media, the public, that they have fined him? No, okay. no, I don't think we ever truly found out how much they they find Cam Chancellor for his holdout a few years ago or anything like that. I, I I assume he missed his two game checks from sitting out the first two weeks of the season, but exactly how much of the uh, the the money that they wanted to take back from him for for sitting out for the the amount of time he did it's it's tough to say, and I don't I I don't I don't see I, I didn't see anything at the time saying how much it was or or any of that so I I I would be surprised if that came around again this time. I'm struck by what everybody is saying is the lack of communication and and again maybe it's as simple as what Puck said maybe the Hawks are like look we've told you what we're going to do but it would seem to me that right now there is no more important thing for the Hawks to be thinking about than okay can we get something done here with Earl and there's certainly no more important thing for Earl and his people and saying can we get something done with the Hawks. 
the idea that supposedly they haven't talked for months, it kind of boggles my mind, Curtis. Do you think that's true? Again, they're under no obligation to be telling anybody the truth of any of this stuff, but do you think it's true that they haven't even talked? I don't know, but it's not like Earl Thomas is the only thing they need to worry about. Um, Dwayne Brown, when they acquired him last year, part of the reason they were able to get him was because he was holding out in Houston and wanting a new contract from the Texans, which he never got. So he still doesn't have the new contract he was trying to get a year ago and is in the last year of his contract and wants something from, from Seattle as well. Now he's been in, in, in the off-season program and all that sort of thing. He had faith that that would potentially work out for him. And then you have Frank Clark, who's been sitting out the off-season stuff too up to this point in the last year of his rookie contract. He'll set, be set to be a free agent after this year, knowing that they have no other proven defensive ends on their, on their, on their roster right now at this point in time. Um, he's, going to certainly be saying, hey, you know, it's my turn to get paid, too. So it's not like Earl Thomas is the only contract that they're needing to concern themselves with right now. Obviously, he's the most high-profile one, given the fact of uh, his track record and all of that, but it's not like um, he's the only thing that they can focus on. So uh, it's not completely surprising if they've said, hey, look, this is where we're at, and Thomas's camp and Thomas himself aren't on the same page as that. In a lot of ways, there may not be much to talk about. It'd be fascinating to watch to see how far this goes. How yeah. far is he willing to take it? Because I'll be honest with you, you would have asked me last week if he would be here in minicamp. I said, yeah, because I just don't think that Earl would want to to give up any type of money, regardless how much it is. I mean, maybe eighty four thousand isn't that much money to him. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to a lot of different people. And I think even for him, he's a millionaire. I think that's a ton of money. You know, does he? I'm going to ask you something, and I'm not. I'm not asking you for give me an answer because you don't know. You know, is he going to carry this thing into training camp? You know, would would Earl Thomas, what we know of him, would he be willing to carry this thing, carry this all the way into the regular season and hold out games? I I don't have a sense for it. Um, I know he wasn't particularly thrilled when Cam Chancellor was holding out a couple sure. years ago, so it seems uh, it seems interesting that now he's in the exact same position and going through the exact same sort of motions at this point in time. Well, that being said, Cam did show up for this mini camp uh, that season before he decided to hold out for training camp. Um, but ultimately, it, I, I don't have a real sense for it. Um, I don't know how much he's going to want to push it, uh, how much the Seahawks are going to want to have any desire to give him another contract at this point in time. It's tough to say. I, it, um I'm just as curious as you guys are as to see how this uh, plays out over the next uh, month and change as we start getting into training camp. One of the things that surprises me without knowing all the financial ramifications of it is that you know, something we've talked about on the show a lot is you, you know, you're clearly going through a transition on defense. You've lost a couple of big stars and big personalities. And for the young guys who are now emerging as what's going to be the new defense, I think you want that connection. You know, you're likely, I mean, you're without Sherman, you're without Bennett, you're without Averill, you're likely going to be without Chancellor. I would look at Earl like, hey, he's the guy, he's the river that's going to run from this new defense back to the Legion of Boom and, and to help us carry on this tradition. I'm just 100% in the camp, but let's find a way to pay this guy. And I mean, it's not my money, and I, so I don't have to worry about that. But And I know it's not quite that easy to wave a wand, Curtis, but... If there's the money there, aren't they a better football team with him? And let's just assume he is going to stay healthy. Not everybody gets hurt. Some do. That's part of the risk of running the team. You, you can't you can't manage from fear. Isn't he good for the team still? He is a very good football player. Uh, the question is, how many contracts have they given at this point that have really worked out for him? Uh, Michael Bennett hasn't really. 
Um, obviously, they they went and traded him. Um, Cam Chancellor got injured to the point where he not be he may not be able to play anymore. Um, you know, it's this is when you start getting into that area where you have to be you know very cautious with some of these things. Um, you know, I don't. I can't speak to how committed that they are to to having. I mean, Earl Thomas is a young, you know, third year contract guy because of how young he was when he came out. He's only twenty nine years old, but he does have a couple significant injuries underneath his belt. Uh, the broken leg, obviously, being one, and he's had some more hamstring issues over the last couple of years here, where he's tweaked those and that sort of thing. Um, but I understand their potential hesitancy on that part because you know once you get on the north side of thirty, that is when players that play as hard and, and as reckless as Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and those guys have been, do start tend to break down. Now, Earl could potentially buck the trend and play as long as Ed Reed did at a high level and, and not see the drop-off, but you don't know that. And so your salary cap is something you have to manage throughout all the years and figure out the best way to, to put it forward to, to get to where you need to be, and I understand their hesitancy for it. The, the right decision might be to give Earl Thomas a contract, but I understand the, the cautiousness about approaching that situation. I know everyone's got to have a super sports hot take on this one. I'm on team, I'm on the team, or I'm on team Thomas, right? And I'm angry, and I've, I've got to have, you know, I thoroughly enjoy, like, today and then the next several days will be the fake anger from people because i i guess i love fake anger i know you I'm, do. I'm mad i'm so mad that this guy is doing this and it's not enough that i'm mad i gotta get everybody else I got, mad everyone too. else has got to be mad because <laughs> i'm mad that he's asking for a raise and everyone says well what if i i could you know curtis i'm not saying you're saying this i can't come to purple sheet and i'm gonna hold out if you don't give me money i just would be fired well can we all agree that their jobs are different than ours it's just not the same thing. Yeah. It's not the nine to five job that we do. We don't even do nine to five. It, it's not. It's not the ten to one job that we do, or or the twelve to three, whatever. I mean, there's, it's there's different it's just, levels it's just in the way different in the entertainment industry. There are a lot of different levels. Yeah, and so, I mean, I I think this is a scenario, and people hate this. So I I see several sides. I get the team's point. The mm-hmm. team is like, hey man, I don't know if we can do another contract like this again. We have just been, what's hurting Earl right now is how snakebitten they've been on the last several deals, Curtis, you right. just pointed out, which they've done. And then from Earl's perspective, I mean, Earl can make an argument, and I think in, when his career is over that he's one of the best free safeties that ever played the football, ever played in the NFL. And I think Earl's right now is saying to himself, if I'm truly valuable to you, I want to get paid one more time. I want the one last contract before I hang it up. And so I see where he's coming from. So I don't get mad at Earl Thomas because he's holding out for more money. He has a finite, a finite window of where he can earn this type of money, and he's trying to maximize it right now. And so, um, boy, it's it's it is just kind of a, a fascinating thing to watch. I, I guess my long-winded point here: I don't think there's a winner and a loser here. I don't think you have to be point A or point B, and it's. I'm going to be on this side, and I'm going to be on the other side. I mean, I think you can see it from all different angles in the story. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with what Earl Thomas is doing. He's trying to leverage uh, the, the the situation that he has to get a contract for him. I mean, he, he's betting that his services are valuable enough that he needs to get more than he's currently receiving. And, you know, just to use the work analogy there, say all of a sudden our station went off the air and there was one person who could fix it, and all of a sudden they decided, yeah, I'll fix it, but, you know, yeah, I think I need a raise right about now. Yeah. You know, th- so there are certain situations where 
you know, you can get up to a position where there's a, a, a an area where you can leverage it into uh, a better situation for yourself. And again, these careers are extremely finite. The Seahawks and all NFL teams are making money hand over fist. They have been for years. Um, Earl Thomas's career will come to an end a lot shorter than the Seahawks will exist. Um, it's the job of the front office to figure out how to put all the pieces together. So Earl Thomas is perfectly within his rights to hold out and try to leverage his situation because, as it is. Because there are, there are. I was going to say there are fines that go against it when you know if if they decide that, to penalize him for that, and that's all fair game. So it's all just part of the way it works. Because yes, his leverage is who do you have my leverage. I'm the best. Right. Who, right. who, who is going to compete for my job? Right. You don't exactly. have anybody else like yeah. me. And and who knows, Curtis, how much the emotion of the end of last year when he does the thing in Dallas with the Cowboys yeah, is that, that you know, I hope that's not playing into it, but it might be. That might be part of where the Hawks have dug in. Earl has in the past kind of, and he's, you know, they always say, oh, it's just Earl being Earl, but he's talked about walking away from the game. He certainly could do that if he wants. He's got enough that he, he doesn't need to play anymore. I don't sense that that's in the cards, but. But would that shock anybody if he just said, you know what, fine. I'm, I'm, he's talked about that in the past, that he might be ready to quit. I'm not saying this is part of that, but but who knows? Maybe he is what, ready to take this thing all the way out. Yeah, I, I don't have a sense for it. Um, certainly the Dallas incident was a little bit odd, and you know Pete Carroll is stuck up for him saying Earl just got a little bit out of whack, and you know all, he didn't know that this was that, and he apologized to me. I mean, a, a team could have blown Earl up for that. Could right, have absolutely right. been like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You know, what, you know, this is, and and just, you know, left him out there and say that was unacceptable. I don't know what the heck Earl was doing in that situation. They have, they didn't do that though. Um, so it does, and obviously the fact that they didn't trade him before the draft shows that they at least feel committed to him for the time being. But that doesn't fix the fact that Earl Thomas only has one year left on his contract, and I'm sure he wants to be paid like, you know. Eric Berry is, who got a contract just over a year ago worth $13 million a year, and Earl's making eight point five this year. You know, So I can understand him feeling like he's underpaid, that he wants contract security, and all of that. This is a position where he feels like he needs to leverage it so he can get that one more significant contract of his career because you, don't, you can't bet on anything more than that at this point in time. Curtis, I know this is like a best guess for you, but we put you, like, and I look at like guys that I go to who make the best guesses, you're top of the list, okay? So if he plays out this year, and they, let's say the Seahawks just say, we're going to play out the year of the contract, and Earl says, okay, fine, whatever. And then they let him walk. What's the comp pick for Earl? Um, well, it would partly depend on how he played this year, but I, Earl Thomas should be let's one say, of the top comp picks. So let's depending, say, on, depending on how much they signed in free agency as well, and yeah. you know it's a formula that offsets, I mean, Earl Thomas alone would be a high compensatory pick value for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder. I mean, um, I, I wonder if they would allow that to play out. I mean, because you, you're taking a big risk, and if you do that, you know, I get the the side of the argument. Why couldn't you trade him? You didn't get anything out of out of him at all, and you're going to allow him to play uh, this final year. I mean, there there has to be, I think, at some point, an end game for Seattle. I mean, I don't know. It, it's be it would be. I can't see them wanting him to play out that final year. And then get uh, whatever the comp pick is they get back for him. I mean, maybe they could get that, try to get that by trading him before the start of the season. 
Well, the other thing that they could do is if they play, if he played out the season, they could franchise him and then try to trade him as well after they they put the tag on him, which would you know give him a little bit more salary for next year. And yeah. I don't know how that would affect his situation. And they could potentially get something for him, whether it's more so than they'd get as a comp comp pick. It's tough to say. So there's a lot of variables on this one for sure. Sure feels to me like if they were thinking about moving him. They should have done it a while ago so this wasn't dragging into June and dragging in. That's easy for me to say now. It's backseat driving. I get that. But but that, that again, it makes me think they want to try and find a way to keep him. I just wish I thought there was some discussion going on. If they're not talking, then there's there's no hope to getting a resolution. Is, is maybe they tried to trade him, you know, but maybe maybe they were asking way too much for him. Yeah, they said they couldn't get more than, what, a third-round pick, uh-huh. and... I, I don't. The good thing about that though is it would be in the rearview mirror now, and you'd be yeah. you'd be talking about things of the upcoming season rather than than this. Yep. All right, Curtis. Uh, we got golf in your future. Are you coming out Friday or not? I'll be there Friday. Yeah. Oh, of course. perfect. Curtis Crabtree, what's your what's your score for the Mayor of Maple Valley Open? I've targeted six under. Well, I, I don't think I'm playing in it this year. Oh. I'm doing some. I'm, I think if uh, Ian's got it set up for me, I'm going to be the buy a shot guy on the 16th hole. I think is what it's going to be. Where I'm going right. to be hitting shots for groups. That's perfect. And Boy. he's going to do the, he's going to do a keg stand, and then he's going to hit your shot for you. Any group who doesn't <laughs> buy Curtis's shot, you're out of your GD be, mind. I'm going to buy, buy this guy's shot. I'm going to buy all of them. That's all I'm going to do. I was going to buy. Can you play the hole for me? Uh, sure, I can do that for okay, you. Bob. Perfect. We'll do that. Uh, come on out, there. Curtis. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you Friday. All right, see ya. Yeah, even if you're gonna come, if you're not gonna play in the Mayor of Maple Valley Open coming up this Friday down at Druids Glen, you can still come on out there, uh, drink beer at the uh, the world famous bar, and also donate there uh, to the foundations DPIG, uh, Brandon Huffman's foundation, also the Tyler Halinski uh, Foundation as well. So you can still give and support and give money and your time and your effort, even if you're not playing. But uh, come on out to support a great event at the Mayor of Maple Valley Open. All right, we asked earlier, and we have to run through some of these, see if we can get any more uh, people to chime in. We want to send Softy and the Hawks to Omaha to cover the uh, Washington Baseball World Series. If you're a company out there willing to fork over some money like Windermere, like real estate, Windermere Real Estate North says they will. They're thinking about doing it. We just need to know the price. I'll go ask Purple Sheet here what, what will it cost to send the crew out there in a Winnebago. If you would like your company, text it in right now, 49451. Let's send the honks to Omaha. Yo. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Oh, I got some breaking news. I got some breaking news in the world of sports. Wow, I'm excited. I didn't Emmy, know we had any. Uh, Brad Adam, who will join us tomorrow for his weekly segment at 1120. Emmy Award winning Brad Adam. Emmy Award winning Brad Adam. Mm-hmm. Who's brought to you by John Howie Steak, and we'll give away another fifty dollars to John Howie Steak coming up tomorrow when Brad joins at eleven twenty. John also an Emmy Award winner. It, is he? Yeah, John Howie several Emmys. <laughs> what do you really? For, what would he win? I, I oh, like a cooking show or something? I don't, I don't remember. It was something. To, You're I, making this up. Oh, not me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, you got me for oh, a second. You, like, you, what the hell did he win an Emmy you for? Walking to Howie's office, there's Emmys uh, all over the place. I would doubt it. He was an actor on All My Children. Oh, uh, I loved All My Children. Yeah. You see, for me growing up, it was General Hospital, All My Children, then One Life to Live. Yeah. I oh, was, yeah. That was sure. my trio. Sure. Of all on ABC. Yeah. He is uh, the uh, Brad, the Emmy Award winning Brad Adams going to join you on Wednesday. I can't do the show Wednesday because got- I forgot late last <laughs> night that I signed up for something at my daughter's school uh-huh. for this cultural cooking yeah. event. Yeah. And she reminds me yesterday, she's like, uh, you, are you excited for Wednesday? And I'm like, 
yeah, I love Wednesday. It's you're almost done with the week. It's great. It's it's Wednesday. She's like, no, no you, you idiot. Moron. You're coming to school. You have to cook a German meal for school. I'm like, yeah. What what time's that at? Sure. It's, yeah. They need right. to be there at eleven. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, did she, did she buy that you remembered, or did she know right away that dad forgot about this? Did oh, she knew. You, oh, I told her I forgot. Oh, okay, so you didn't try and sell it. No. Oh, yeah, honey. Oh, of I course. Can't, I can't lie to those two women. Yeah, I can't. No, the two women in my life that, that my daughter and wife know. You can't no. or you won't anymore because you got caught too often. Oh no, I try. I just can't. Yeah, do okay, it. got it. Right, they're right, too right, smart. Okay. Yeah, right. Of dad's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so I won't be here. I'm going to be cooking. I'm in cooking schnitzel mm. on a Wednesday for Laurel Heights. Well, I guess I'll have to come in and handle the and show. And I'll give you some schnitzel. You want well, me to bring in some extra schnitzel? If I get some extra schnitzel out of this, I'm fine with it. So yes. the good news is Emmy Award winner Brad Adam, he uh, is mm-hmm. going to join you coming up on Wednesday. Nice. Well, that, that'll be good. We'll like having Brad in, and we'll have a lot of baseball to talk about. There'll be a big game that afternoon yeah. we can preview. We'll talk a little bit about the World Cup, which will be starting yes, the next day. We'll do a not, lot of soccer while but, you're that's gone. That's fine. He's uh, get the men. I wanted him to get the men and blazers guy. Yeah. Because those guys are funny as hell yeah to preview but he's not working wednesday because i just because i sent him a text i said hey you sure you can do it because you have a game right you have a day game. Hey. oh no it the game's on facebook uh-huh. so we're doing the facebook game again on wednesday right right okay and there's just something you know it just uh, i don't know what it is about but something stinks in suburbia it's just it, you don't like it because it's not available on your cable well, so i can't watch the game and yet now i can't like, watch it anyways yeah. but but I just can they knock off a few dollars off my cable bill then? Because one of the only, well, the only reason I have cable, yeah, is because of them. Why can't you watch it on Facebook? Uh, well, I don't have I mean, Facebook. But well, I guess can, I can sign up for Facebook. You can get Facebook. That's pretty easy. I don't know because I want to. I look. I'm with you. I know you. I can shoot it up from my phone to my TV, and I know I can do that. Right. Right. And I have a smart TV now that I think has Facebook on it, so I could probably just watch it there. Right. You're right. I probably could do that. However, you're right. You're paying a cable bill that, that yeah. where they say hey, you're going to get all this access. Oh, but you're not going to get this game, or you're not right. going to get that game. Well, I just uh, pick a side. Mm-hmm. I guess you know either either every game is on the cable package I buy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have this cable package is because of Root Sports. Is because I I would right. I would leave Comcast if I if I could have another alternative way to watch them. Mm-hmm. But okay, or just say MLB, no more blackout restrictions. Right, right. You want to get that yeah. MLB TV app bad app? Fine, and then mm-hmm. you can watch the local games. Just do that. Yeah, that would make more sense. I would think too, and I, I they, they never ask me what I think, and, and what do I know? Oh, they ask you, and they care. They don't care. Uh, they if you. if I were baseball and I'm doing this, I'd say let's, let's put it. it on Facebook and yeah. let's put it on the regular thing, and let's see what happens. Let's see if if we promote this. You, you know, now you're cannibalizing your audience a little bit. I get that way, but let's if you're really trying to learn, do people want to see games on Facebook? That might be a way, because the only people watching, they're being forced into watching it because it's yeah. the only place you can get it. So I don't know how true the number is. Why can't you monetize this whole thing yeah. to where if you put it on the MLB TV and you allow and you allow someone in, in Seattle to watch the game on that, they want, and I, don't even, I know Shockey has it. I don't even know what it is a year. Like $100 a year or something like that, I think, for the TV version of it. Right. I've got the radio version. I think it's like 25 Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I want, how can you not monetize that and make up for the, I mean, can't you make up for, for the lack of people then that wouldn't, 
I sure think you could. Or get yeah, yeah. TV or whatever. I think I, baseball's funny because with that particular part of their deal, they are. I think so far behind the curve, and they're ahead of the curve in a lot of things that they've done. They've done a good job with oh, their media great over with the, the years. video, sure. But the idea that yeah, with the MLB thing that you that there are local games blacked out. No, just charge me more. Mm. Tell me up front, hey, you know, you want everything? Here's the everything yep. package, and 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 look, people are gonna you'd pay it. I'd pay it. Most sports fans, yeah. if that's how I want to consume, I say, yeah, sure, I'll pay within reason whatever you're asking me to pay. But don't don't sell me on some idea that I can get it and I can't watch the team that's the most important team to me. Do we get another dose? Is it the same crew? I sure hope so. I'm, is, I'm, it I was Woodward? Gonna, I, is it Woodward You know, chugging beer with crickets in it? Yeah, I hope it's Woodward. I don't care who's doing the game in the booth. If it's Rich Waltz, that's She's fine. She's going to do I something like zany again like she did last time. Then we tried to get the gal on. Then she got frozen. She got cold feet and didn't want to do it. If, if you're doing this and you're telling me Elise was on the first one and she's not on the second one, I, you know I, that that's not good for me. That, I want Elise. If Elise is doing the game again, I'm sure there's a press release that was sent to us that, that we just have all ignored. Right. Uh, if she doing it again yeah how about she does a drinking inning <laughs> you mean Let's, again? you mean again <laughs> yeah well she did it last time but then they didn't advertise it they didn't publicize it but i'm saying how about she does a beer and inning and she just walks around and just has a cocktail at every little uh, every little stop how about she hits up every spot uh by the uh but you know behind home plate is like one of the spots you can get a Bodie's office she has to have a Bodie. Uh-huh. she's got to go to edgar's for a drink, mm-hmm. the is the bullpen bar is that gone or is that knocked off because no, of there's Edgar's? A, there's a no, there's a well the bull the, the that the is original, what the, that's what Edgar's that is, is right? what Edgar's is now but there's the huge the the cold rail bar or Case whatever light, the yeah. giant, so there's the cold yeah. rail then she's got to go to center field for a beer standing by where I'm finding out the little thought Perfect. bubble from Elise is coming uh, this way hit and it here no cafe for a beer she's got to go we'll pick a, all we'll pick nine different locations for her. Around the ballpark, she has to have a drink at all nine of those. Great. Can she make it? Oh, she, she could. She it. could handle Damn it. It might not be you know the broadcast. At some point, they'd probably just say we're not going to have Elise huh? anymore. But Elise could handle it. Oh, she, she could do it. She's a professional. She knows what she's doing. Uh, well, right now it's the early winter here. We want to send the Husky Honks uh, to Omaha. Some Alaska Airlines, I guess, flies directly to Omaha. Who knew? Did not know that. How about that? Uh, Windermill Real Windermere Real Estate North is interested. We got to get that person's number. Because we want to send Softy and the Husky Honks to Omaha. Mm-hmm. And right now, Windermere Real Estate North appears to be the one that's willing to put some scratch down for this. Purple Sheet was in a meeting. I couldn't get the exact yeah. figures what it is. That's good. I've got big news. Yeah, big news? Save it. It's huge. Okay, save the big news. It's big news. Neil, we've got big news from gas, and then we've got even bigger news from Neil Scott. He's five minutes away. Of, he's going to blow your mind. And then it's lunch with <laughs> listeners at noon.